0: Hello and welcome to Casco episode number 29. In this episode, Matt interviews Cameron Wilson of The Rance Group. In this episode, they talk a lot about things uh, here in Olympia, things that are affecting this area as far as real estate and growth, a lot of things that are going to be changing due to the growth in this area, and just the little things that are happening to make this place a little bit different, and uh, they cover a lot of that stuff. Uh, we also talk about uh, a little bit of Cameron's background, his uh, business doing business in olympia and versus doing it in vegas just all kinds of stuff so there's a lot to be learned and there's a lot of uh, interesting things
1: to hear about so hope you enjoy and catch you at the end
0: Start now. Uh,
1: just a little, just skip
0: up just a little bit. This is actually pretty good. Usually, this is the mic we record all of our voiceovers and, and everything on. So actually, if like people are like when the buses from right here when they go you can hear it cuz their windows are something mm-hmm. so this mic does very good but this one i have to like kiss it because it's not as <laughs> it's not as good okay so we're we're just get, so what on this you know um we're really really lax days of cold um we do go in and edit if there's anything that you know we slip up and say that we didn't mean to okay But really, uh, just conversation and kind. If I'm not looking directly at you, no, I'm paying attention. I'm just watching this. I might be searching stuff for conversation pieces. Okay. Um, I'm definitely not ignoring you. That's that's the last thing I want you to think. Okay. Uh, But other than that, I'm just gonna introduce us and I'll introduce you. It's Cameron Williams. Wilson. Wilson. Sorry, sorry. Not to see this. Why I do? (laughs) 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 Don't don't worry. Don't don't want to forget. So Cameron Wilson with the Rance Group. Right. Uh, All right. So we're gonna start this three, two, one what's up guys it's matt co of media marketing solutions i have sitting with me cameron wilson of the rants group uh it's just it's a beautiful wednesday um actually the day before my birthday i'm pretty pumped um and business is going good we're growing everyone's growing so i'm going to let him introduce himself talk about him for a little bit and then in this podcast we are going to dive a little bit deeper around what's really happening in olympia what you can expect um some changes to see maybe good or bad in your mind um but I've uh, I met Cameron um, through one of the Thurston County Chamber leads groups um, that meets at uh, Lacey Forza Bistro and Event Center there in Lacey, and I actually had. I don't think I've been going for too long. It's only been about a month or so. And in that month, you know, I've had the pleasure of, of meeting about 10 to 15 new people. Some were familiar faces, but this was one of the first leads groups that I've been to um, in the networking world where a lot of the people were different. So that's really what drove my attention. And um, the way that people, I think my first one was with uh, Spencer of Window Genie, and he was just I had heard of Window Genie. I've seen them in business. I've seen their logo popping up, but I'd never seen a person. And when when Spencer got up and talked and was just so passionate, I knew this was a group of people that uh, I could tell that were regularly going to go to this group, and that was just something I wanted to be a part of. And uh, actually, I think it was last week, Cameron uh, stole stole the spotlight because uh, it was uh, put on the spot, and he actually did a fantastic job. And it was just really interesting to see his perspective on – what possibly olympia especially the downtown area down here um could turn into so i'll turn it over to him and let him introduce himself and his background and, and where he's from
1: well thanks a lot matt uh like you said i'm uh, cameron i'm with the rance group uh, we're a commercial real estate uh, development brokerage and management company i uh, been in olympia uh, since 1973, the company has uh, not myself. I moved here three years ago from Las Vegas, and I've been a commercial broker uh, pretty much my whole uh, my whole career. Um, and uh, really, kind of love my adopted town here. Uh, yeah. Excited about a lot of opportunities that uh, that I think are on the horizon. Olympia is really kind of starting to come into its own uh, for the first time in a long time. De- yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. You can you can just see the changes. And before this podcast, me and Cameron we were just talking about how much you know, even right outside my door here. And it's just a
1: little, <laughs> a little, little tiny
0: bit, but the town is really coming together. So continue, continue. Sorry.
1: Yeah, no, uh, you know, the construction that you're seeing right outside, more of a public improvement type thing, but that goes hand in hand. Improvement of the infrastructure is a critical part of, of mm-hmm. allowing and, and embracing the, the growth of the private sector and redevelopment of our downtown. Um, it's it's nice to see the city taking some action to clean things up and, and get more hands on in, in terms of maintenance and, and some of the the issues that that unfortunately plagued downtown uh, but they're taking steps in the right direction as you know as you can evidence from the the jackhammering going on outside yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, the city has been for a long time, very reluctant, uh, or, or kind of standoffish with the business community in terms of, of growth and redevelopment from the real estate perspective. And I think that's finally starting to, uh, uh that relationship's warming up a bit. They're starting to, um, realize some, some of the value that comes along with, yeah. with adding new product uh, to the market and increasing the tax base, which goes to support a lot of the, the social services and, mm-hmm. and other things that we all as citizens like to enjoy. Mm-hmm.
0: Before, before I let you go dive deep into that what brought. Brought you uh, to the Olympia area from
1: Las Vegas. All right, so it's kind of cliche, but uh, okay. the, the pursuit of happiness. Um, okay. You know, like I said, I've been in this career a long time, and uh, things were, were honestly going well in Vegas. Now that we're, we were out of the recession, uh, things were coming back really strong. And my wife and I uh, just really kind of wanted a lifestyle that was different from what we had. We knew mm-hmm. we weren't very happy there, and uh, we we wanted to make a change. And in my line of work, the longer you're in one market, the less mobile you'll ever be. So we decided okay. uh, if we were ever going to make a change, we had to do it soon.
0: And what, what did your wife
1: do uh she actually works also for a local she used to work for my uh company back in vegas and she now works for a, a prominent local developer who's also instrumental in some of the projects that are okay. going on that's downtown awesome. so awesome. kind of laying the foundation for and something and, great yeah, 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 yeah exactly cool. um so yeah like i said uh we we kind of made a short list of markets that we thought we might like to enjoy and seattle and portland were the two cities on our list uh, and kind of a funny story, had never been to Olympia, uh, but uh, yeah. applied for the job at the Rance Group and um, got the opportunity to come up and, and uh, made some discussions and they made me an offer and of course I counter offered and they, <laughs> and they accepted. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so it's been about three years now and uh, we, we're, we're here for the long haul. Um, both from a, from a non-work perspective, mm-hmm. we love a lot of what the Pacific Northwest has to offer. We knew we liked this climate and so on, but um, also a lot of the outdoor activities. There's a lot of non-work stuff that that is very um, appealing to us, and then also uh, Olympia itself. I, I as I alluded to a, a few minutes ago, I think has a great opportunity for uh, the next 15, 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you know the rest of of our earning careers. Yeah. Um, a, a great place for us to, to leave our stamp on the town and, and, and benefit from and, and help guide the growth the of growth yeah. in
0: a yeah. way that do you How do you notice, and this isn't much about real estate or, or the growth of this town, but do you notice, and I know you've only been here for three years, but is there like a dramatic effect? Because Vegas, you know, it's sunny most of the time. How much does the rain factor into... You know, your, even your health, yeah. your, your mental health.
1: So I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, it's somewhat taboo. A lot of people don't like to talk about, uh, you know, mental illness. Not mental yeah. illness, but, um, you know... Uh, Therapy and, yeah. and, and depression and things like that. So I'll be the first one to admit my first winter here was a lot tougher than I had expected. Yeah. i had always heard about the seasonal affective disorder. I figured, oh. Yeah, and
0: that's the thing that that's funny you bring that up. So I bring that up too. And people are like, oh, no way, that's a thing. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, it is. That's yeah. why a lot of businesses don't do as good in, in those months. Yeah, so.
1: so kind of funny story. So, um, you know, I was I was hurting my first winter. And so I'd seen, you know, some of the other guys at the office have uh, little happy lights on their desk or whatnot. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So I'm starting to take my vitamin vitamin D, exercising, trying to do all the right things. So, I order. so I'm So i like, all right, well, I'm going to get one of these happy lights, right? So I go on the internet and, and I find one from Amazon. The thing is, I didn't look ca- too carefully at the dimensions of the light okay. that I was ordering. I just, you know, b- b- buy now, one click, whatever. So it shows up two days later in a giant box. So I'm unpacking this thing, and it's bigger than my computer monitor. I got it <laughs> mounted right up above. Things like a 1,000 watts, like a... Yeah, like a that's like a tanning awesome. light, and so you know, I joke, I turn it on, and the rest of the lights dim in the yeah. office. Yeah, you
0: know, <laughs> there's your happy light. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, right. So I, I joke, I'm the tannest guy in Olympia from the from the neck up because uh, I soak up so much artificial sunlight in the mornings.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's really, no, and that's you know, that's we we you know, will be our our first year of business will actually be this next month, and so we can't really tell you know what are high and low seasons were kind of we have a thing but you can definitely tell when the sun started coming out more that we just got busier because that it's just an effect a lot of people just don't want to do anything rather stay in their own comfort or their home and Just do what they absolutely have to do and not, you know, marketing for for a lot of companies, even though it's it's the necessity, um, you know, especially with what we do. It's so brand new. It's almost it's thought as a as like a luxury or a benefit. And it's like, no, it's really, you know, you know, whether it's us or any other form of marketing, you need that to, to do any kind of business. And so, it, it, to see the drastic increase, um, especially when the sun popped out, was really, it's really cool. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm excited to track it for another year and see, you know, if we have those same lows that we did, or if it was just a, you know, a one-off thing. So.
1: Well, it's definitely al- the weather yeah it's always surprising to me how many businesses are are cyclical or seasonal in nature that you wouldn't think and, and ours mm-hmm. is ours is no different I mean yeah. there is a season for commercial real estate for the brokerage side of things um, you know not a lot of people move their businesses from October till January or so yeah. uh, we have a very slow season in that period but uh, you know once springtime starts to hit and quite frankly people start getting their tax returns uh, that that can be the the impetus that allows people to acquire some new machinery or hire some new employees yeah. Or expand their office, and that's where where really things start to pick up in the spring, and and stay pretty steady through the the, the, yeah. the winter or the summer and fall.
0: That's cool. Um, is there any is there anything? So let's let's go back to the Olympia in the, the hole. Um, and I and I and I told Cameron before this that I kind of wanted him to talk, uh, kind of re- reciprocate a little bit of what he shared with us at um, that networking group I was mentioning before, because I think he just dives so deep, and the way he thinks about it. Um, It's not the way I would uh, necessarily think about it. Maybe I'm not making sense right now, but the way he explains the the growth of Olympia and the direction that it's heading and what it could be um, really, you know, shines bright when you look at these bigger cities, um, you know, Portland, Seattle. um, It just makes sense because, you know, even now in downtown Olympia, you know, our clients – they they complain about the parking and the traffic and you know just getting around downtown. It's only going to get worse and worse and worse. So I'm going to let him elaborate more on, you know, what we should expect to see maybe in five, ten years, and in the next, you know, and what's happening really with the the population growth.
1: Well, Matt, you're not alone in your assessment of, of some of the the difficulties that Olympia's faced in mm-hmm. the past. Um, but but what I see is, as as hurdles to overcome are actually in, in another respect opportunities and. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. A lot of it has to do with perspective. Uh, a lot of people see the new buildings that are popping up here, the one, two, three on fourth and, 4th, and uh, three to the Cunningham building there. So there's, there's yep. a lot of uh, new growth in apartment buildings and, and they're upscale apartment buildings. And this is new and unique product for the Olympia market. This is not something that we've had in the past or really embraced in the past. And with change uh, comes people becoming more uncomfortable. It's uh, The newness is, is off-putting to some people, and I really think it bears fleshing out a little bit what's driving these types of properties and who are occupying them. Because the fact of the matter is a lot of these proje- projects, uh, especially a lot of what Walker John has built, Uh, are are consistently seeing extremely high occupancy rates and Mm -hmm. these are at uh, rental rates that are well above what's what's considered standard in uh, the olympia market the the magic number is kind of this two dollars a square foot per month uh, number Construction costs, I think everybody knows, are, are fairly high. Demand yep. is high, labor is tight, um, and that means that it costs a lot to build new buildings. So the, the result of that is that you have to achieve rental rates which can still make those projects make sense, or pencil. Um, and so that $2 a square foot number is, is kind of the, the magic number to make projects go at this point. So to, to give you some reference, uh, that works out to something like a thousand square foot apartment. has to rent for more than $2,000 a month. And, you know, gasp is the, yeah. the typical response yeah. to something no, like high, that. You know. it, it is high. Um, however, again, it's a matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. It's high to locals, to folks who have been here for a long time. And uh, I still remember the, the recession days where, you know, there were lots of vacancy and, and rents were driving down. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, we have, to, we have to change our perspective a little bit. $2 a square foot per month is a bargain compared to some of the other markets that we compete with for workers. Um, Seattle and Portland, obviously, but then even Tacoma, where rents are pushing $3 a square yeah. foot. Um, now, the other thing that we haven't talked about yet is jobs. And that's really, I think, what's driving a lot of this, this redevelopment and, and the growth of some of these properties. Um, a, a great example I like to talk about is, is the state workforce. That's one of our largest employers here in Thurston County. And, we, you know, I think we employ over 23,000 mm-hmm. state workers just here in Thurston County. Now, the average salary for those workers is more than $86,000 a year, plus benefits, retirement, a lot of other, you know, uh not direct salary benefits but um ultimately these are really great long-term steady jobs they require an educated workforce and and these are attractive careers for for a lot of people now of those twenty-three thousand workers more than 30 percent of them are over the age of 55 and this is this is where demographics start to tie in a little bit As those older workers start to retire over the next 10 years, we have to replace around a thousand of our highest paying jobs every year. Uh, And that new worker is young, educated, and uh, and looking for a great quality of life, which I think we've got here in Olympia. Mm -hmm. So we have all the pieces to the puzzle. Uh, We have the the jobs, and we have the, the quality of life, we have the affordability. Um, so who, who are these workers? What do they look like? Where are we pulling them from? Because mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is we don't generate enough homegrown workers to backfill those positions. We don't; Our education system doesn't churn out enough uh, edu- co- college educated workers that stay here domestically. So yeah. we've got to pull those workers from outside of our market to come in and backfill those jobs. So those workers are looking for something different than uh, the older generation. The um, where the you're gonna buy a
0: house, and when you're, you know, eighteen, nineteen, that's your house. That exactly, you know, you thirty-year
1: mortgage, yep. a two-car garage, and so on. Mm-hmm. I, I think, and this is something of a pet theory. The the our model of American culture and values is is shifting very rapidly. This younger generation are not looking for that long-term fixed mortgage stuck in one place mm-hmm. for a period of time. They really love and embrace the mobility both upward as mm-hmm. their incomes grow as well as physical mobility, able to bounce around. Working uh, the the duration of each career, each job that they have is, is generally shorter. They, they like to bounce around, grow as their skills develop and their income mm-hmm. develops. And mm-hmm. thus, that, that drives people kind of away from the single family home market and into uh, the rental market or, or and specifically apartments. Um, another component of that is the type of product that they want with these good paying jobs and, and relatively low um, expenses or, 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 or costs associated with their their lifestyle um, they're looking for a more upscale urban walkable lifestyle and that's what developers like ken brogan with the views on fifth uh walker john and uh, and my company the rants group is now going to be breaking ground on a condo project across from percival park Um, really the the private sector is responding to growth and demand for a new type of product that's that's something olympia really hasn't seen in the last uh well forever quite frankly a long time
0: well, that's, I mean, it's really amazing just to to think of, um, you know, because most people in this area, they've never lived in the city. Most, and, the, you know, the people coming in, the, they have the, that more experience. But, you know, most people, Lacey is, you know, as city as it gets. Or, you know, and so the idea of people, you know, living and, and getting rid of a car, especially, I don't know, I like to think right up to Lacey, down down to you know Portland really there's nothing <laughs> really down in, in that southern half of Washington you know it's just it's so it's so common that you know you need to own a car you need to you need to have everything so that you know you can go to Walmart and so with that do you think um you know we we have Bayview right down the road there but do you think we're gonna get and I, and I don't know if there's any plans or anything but is there anything um you know to to you know, you've mentioned we've had work and home. Um, is is the community, I don't know what you'd put, you know, your resources under. Are we going to see a big shift in, you know, maybe supermarkets coming in um, a lot more? You know, we have Well 80 that just went in on fourth. Yeah. And so we're getting more and more cuisine and, and more and more just options. But is that going
1: to continue to grow or are we going to? you know, stick with what we have. Well, that's a great question. so I think, you know, retail, which is what we would call the places where you go to shop okay. um, and, and, and somewhat dine, but uh, more traditionally in in line with your, your question, um, I don't think that uh, large grocery retailers or other big box retailers uh, are really ever going to, you're not gonna see a resurgence of that in downtown. The space needs are too large. Yeah. And quite frankly, I think we're moving away from that model of retail. As more and more people shift their purchases Online, mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a downsize in in the footprints of retailers, uh, and more of a, a just-in-time delivery type model. To how, yeah, um,
0: that makes sense.
1: I, I think that Amazon's exploring um, that concept mm-hmm. with their new yeah, right uh, kind of smaller uh, yeah. format. Uh, well,
0: they have they have that. Well, they have the. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they I do know they're working on some type of delivery thing, even you know same day delivery. But I know I don't know where this store opened up, but basically i don't know if you're familiar it's a store where you have this id card Mm -hmm. basically you just go in and select everything that you want and you walk out and it gets shipped to you and i'm pretty sure that's how it works in one of them but there's another one where it's actual items you go you bag everything and instead of going through a a cashier or any type of checkout you just walk out because it charges it's really cool so i am you know in, in with who knows what's happening with amazon up in seattle and it's just, it sounds like a very big mess, uh, you know, to say the least.
1: Yeah, well, you know, anytime you're, you're disrupting a, a major economic driver, like something as simple as grocery store shopping, something mm-hmm. that's been intrinsic to the American way of life for yep. 50 plus years, um, there's going to be some winners and there's going to be some losers as that industry gets kind of. Yeah. Uh, tipped upside down. Um, but I think the underlying theme of getting away from large stocks or stores of products where you have 157 salad dressings to choose from and all of this product that gets stocked, um, it, it's it's rather wasteful, uh, especially when you look at, at fresh fruits and vegetables and, and meats, things that don't have a long storage shelf life. Retailers are looking for ways to trim their loss on, yeah. on perishable products like that. So a just-in-time or an only-as-needed delivery service is, makes a lot of sense, both from a financial standpoint, as well as a reducing the square footage demands of retailers. So, you know, getting back to your, to your point, your question about how does that factor into the downtown, um, you know, livable lifestyle, yeah. I don't think you're going to see a resurgence in that. I think you're going to see a growth in uh, develop or uh, delivery type services. Mm-hmm. And also, um, you know, quite frankly, you're right, Bayview, uh, just up the hill, you have Ralph's. Yeah. There are, um, Grow, traditional grocery stores within a reasonable distance. And then also, you know, one of the other major uh, benefits of a downtown lifestyle is the, is the proximity to mass transit. And this is a, a key driver of why we're seeing development in our downtown core is close access to buses. Olympia has an excellent bus service mm-hmm. and uh, quick access to the west side where we have a large concentration of retailers. I think the west side and, and gro- going down into Tumwater uh, will remain kind of the retail core for our mm-hmm. market altogether. It's not that far of a drive or, yeah. a, or a bike ride or a bus mm-hmm. ride to, to get to those places I just think also um, on a per square foot basis occupancy costs for for space in downtown is going to be prohibitively expensive for for traditional retailers like mm-hmm. that now I'm glad you mentioned well 80 well 80s a, um, a, a, a if you haven't been I highly recommend yeah it. I uh, recommend
0: to we, we actually went um, shoot me and, uh, and another uh, person here at MMS we went down and I'll say and, and I've been really uh, shout out to Paul Edwards uh, I don't know if you've been following me but I'm actually on this kind of this fitness journey I, I'm down some weight and you know I've been really just watching what I eat it's basically you know that's a secret and so we went and they have all this you know bar food and it's really good so I was like you know what? I'm gonna try I've never never ever tried like a, a, fit, a vegetarian burger and so they had it on their menu and it and said you won't even taste the difference and I was I was really nervous because you know you always see those shows or even on the internet how that it's so much different It was actually I couldn't tell the difference from a, a meat burger or that. I know it's delicious. Is that so. The impossible burger. The, yeah, something like it. that. Yeah. yeah. Just like that. So yeah, no. Shout out to Well I'll let him continue. Well, good for you on yeah. the on
1: the fitness thing. Thank I you. unfortunately am still something of a meat geek. So uh <laughs> w- uh and I'll just take a little tangent here. So the one thing I, I uh they source their burger, it's a special blend, from a, a okay. distributor in New York where they uh, they custom choose their, uh, so there's, I think, well ladies burger blend is uh, chuck roast and short rib meat that's blended in a specific ratio and then shipped right. in uh, every day or every week uh, to provide the burger. So, best burger in town. I'm not being paid to say this, but uh, <laughs> uh, speaking from the heart or, or from the gut, as East it were. You said Big Tom's, we still love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, um, the, the point I'm making is is well ladies a, a great example of the new type of somewhat upscale, but not t- terribly expensive um, restaurantslash bar, places that are starting to pop up to serve again, the market, the private sector responding to the demands of the population. As you have uh, workers coming in who are earning good incomes, have disposable uh, income, they're looking for places where they can spend that money, and uh, and the private sector is never one to leave a dollar on the table. And uh, okay. Well80 is a great example uh, of, of responding to that need and creating some, some new restaurants. Um, some others that, that have popped up recently, Our Table uh, is uh, another great local, v- big strong focus on local artisanal goods. They also just opened a stall at the farmer's market, uh, where I think they source something like 80 plus percent of all the offerings every day come from the market and the retailers in the market. Olympia's got a, a strong reputation for embracing the local industry, artisanal mm-hmm. goods, and I think that's fantastic. Yeah. The more um, ways that we can find to, to, to produce and consume our food, specifically locally, mm-hmm. uh, the better. It um, A, it's it's got shorter uh, time spent on the shelf, it's fresher, it's higher quality, and uh, if you're uh, concerned about the environment, I mean, certainly buying local uh, saves a lot on uh, transit costs and, and the, yeah. the carbon associated with it's it. See, yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so really great. I, I think what you're starting to see is just the first little blips on the radar, the first guys that are popping up. And the more success that these uh, retailers have, the more success that developers are yeah. having with these sorts of projects, su- success begets success. And you'll continue to see more and more growth of, of those types of, of industries and businesses uh, in our market. And I think it's fantastic. And you know, the other component of it, too, is the taxes. You know for a long time we've our, our commercial real estate has been underutilized here uh, meaning the businesses that occupy them are not generating a, a tremendous amount of revenue uh, either at low price points or or, or low volume businesses mm-hmm. that uh, don't generate a lot of sales tax or b you know tax things like that the more of these types of businesses that pop up that are successful that raises the tax base for the city altogether which you alluded early on in our conversation to some of the problems that, that face olympia mm-hmm. and i guess now is as good a time as any if we have to yeah. car, if we have to talk about that yeah. um you mentioned it uh parking and you know obviously homelessness and drug use are, are the other the other big ticket yeah. items that um that consistently come up on everybody's survey yeah, of, they really
0: of, do especially you know people that dine live and or you yeah. know operate out of downtown so yeah definitely yeah
1: well i I'm a big fan of private sector solutions to public sector problems, and, and I think that um, that's a, a, a long-winded way of saying that uh, all boats float on a rising tide. The more that businesses like well AD and, mm-hmm. and others that are popping up here recently, um, The more success that they have, the more tax revenue is generated for the city, the more funds uh, and services the city can offer to to deal with some of those issues. Parking's a great issue and it's not one that we're gonna have a quick and easy solution for. Uh, Parking garages are tremendously expensive to build and they don't generate very much revenue. They Mm -hmm. certainly don't pencil as a standalone project. (laughs) So that's why you don't see private developers building them. I think at some point the city will find a way to to build something like that, but it will come at an expense uh, rather than uh, than a cash generating um, service it will come but it comes with additional revenues and the same goes with with police and and mental health services uh, to to help the homeless and 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 folks with drug issues and things like that without the funds to 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 hire the people and 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 contract for the services that we need to to help these folks um, it's never gonna win so It's it's like a chicken or the egg type problem, you know, how do you deal with the people don't want to move downtown or spend time downtown without with all these issues plaguing them. But you can't fix the issues without the tax base generated by the additional activity. Um, that's what, again, why my hats off to, to folks like Walker, John, like Ken Brogan, like some of the other developers, is taking that first step and, and saying, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and we're going to build this product. We're going to bring the people downtown. We're going to bet on the fact that people are still willing to 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 look past those problems and see the bright future of Olympia and be willing to spend their time uh, living and working in downtown. And as a product of that, the city will benefit and be better able to deal with some of these these issues. And I, I you know, I don't think we've quite seen the the full benefit of that yet but mm-hmm. over the next several years i think that the city will will uh, will really start to benefit from the, the increase in the tax base
0: do we think that you know i know you're, you're very very positive minded about the growth of olympia do we think that more and more because what i've seen and this is just you know i'm just thinking over the last couple of weeks is that the more i get out um, i forget where i was earlier today um, it was just it was in you know right outside of downtown, I don't remember if I was in Olympia or Lacey, but I was, you know, we see more and more of those, you know, commercial strip malls that are kind of right on the outskirts of the town, or they try to make their own little, you know, place with, you know, 50% occupancy, and so I, and to me, I think I see that more and more and more um, right on the outskirts, and so if you're not right in, do we think that, you know, Olympia, you know, and, and I don't know the occupancy rate. You know, even this whole building, I know it just got sold, the, the one the one right behind us here um, where we are at MMS, but there's only one out of the whole thing. I think it's occupied by one business, and that's the an escape room. Um, do we think that we're going to see, you know, a higher percent where people are almost fighting to be downtown, or do we think we should see this for, you know, the next couple of years? Because there wasn't, you know, for this space that we're in right here, there was no one, you know, fighting to break down the door with us. It was, you know just ours because you know no one else
1: wanted it yeah well um i think yes and no Mm -hmm. um the problem and the good part about a lot of olympia's buildings in its downtown core is their age Mm -hmm. Um, people love our historic buildings and i'm one of them I, i i love the unique architecture and things that come along with with an historic waterfront downtown district like we have here from a functionality standpoint, from an occupancy standpoint, mm-hmm. there are limitations on. Definitely,
0: we've experienced it already. You can probably see, you know, there's things that definitely, um, it's different. It's just way
1: different than anything you would ever expect. So, right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, even me- mechanical systems are, are a great are a great example. Oftentimes, older buildings like these have old plumbing and or old roofs and old HVAC systems, and and those are three of the big of the big ticket items that are very expensive to replace, um, and, and they're also increasingly important to 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 commercial occupants to commercial tenants of buildings like these. So it's again another catch twenty mm-hmm. two when when buildings uh, enter into something of a death spiral where They're losing tenants because they can't pay to fix some of these major items. But because the major items can't get fixed, they lose more tenants. And it it just becomes a a Mm self-fulfilling prophecy. A lot of times, it just takes... Um, a, a transition in the property ownership and the the Oli Press building, which is the one next yeah. door to you here, uh, is a great example. I understand that one recently changed hands, yeah. um, and you know, with new ownership comes a new outlook on the the prospects for a building like this. And as you can see, the construction going on outside, in partnership with the city, um, they're they're trying to work hand in hand to alleviate some of the the downsides yeah. of a building like that and create um, uh, some some ways for businesses to be more successful well, in do, properties like this. Do you like think these. that
0: um, you know? Well, and i don't know how reasonable this even is but do we think that you know ever you know in five ten years that some of these buildings might be you know start from scratch demolish or without you know cause too much of a I, you know we even have i don't know what it is but when you're going into like the heart of downtown like a block over i forget the road um even right there i don't know what they're doing it's with like taz and a couple other groups they're doing this big it's right next to uh the, like pet store
1: sure um, I yeah get where
0: it is but you know and so I, I know it's doable but you think that you know this build the Leland Rockwell or Rockwell Leland don't throw a pitchfork through the window <laughs> if I said it wrong <laughs> uh, but you know even this building it's very old and there's a lot you know wh- and, and we know the landlord very well so it's not like I know this isn't going anywhere but in theory you know buildings that are getting older like this this one's still in very good shape but do you think that we'll see, um, you know, some
1: demolition and rebuilding and? Absolutely. So okay. you brought up a great example. The one you're talking about over by the Petworks building, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be called Annie's Artist Lofts. Uh, okay. And that's going to be a, a, a high concentration of smaller unit-sized apartments uh, okay. over, I, I think it's actually all apartments or cool. uh, with a little bit of retail on the first floor, if I remember right. Um, that was formerly just a parking lot, a diamond parking yep. lot. Um, and uh, again, adding product to downtown, adding rentable units downtown. Now they will be market rate units, mm-hmm. uh, which again, you know, raises some red flags for for some folks, however, at the end of the day, there, there's two components, supply and demand. The more supply you add, regardless of whether it's market rate or subsidized housing, mm-hmm. adding more units gives more people more places to live and adds more money to the tax base. So everybody benefits, even if they're at market rate. Um, another great example is the Les Schwab building right here on, yep, on yep, state. Yep. Um, that one, I believe they're slated to start demolition uh, next month okay, in June. They're doing
0: actually demo That's awesome. also
1: going to be, I think, a 38 year uh, apartments over some retail, Mm -hmm. uh, nice restaurant space stuff like that. And
0: the water is right there, too. That's awesome. If you
1: haven't seen the renderings, you should check them out online. It's going to be a beautiful project. Um, And so the answer to the question is yes, but. um, And the but is certain buildings are also on the historic registry, which means that there are some limitations on developers' ability to knock down a Mm -hmm. building entirely. Um, Now, there are still opportunities to redevelop the inside and reposition them, but there are a few extra hurdles to get through uh, when talking about what to do with historic buildings, which arguably the Olympia Press building is. Um, However... From a long-term standpoint, a full quarter block building like that uh, is an excellent investment, and it is a very attractive redevelopment opportunity in the long run, assuming you can find a way to jump through those holes or hurdles, excuse me. Um, You're going to see more and more projects where people are... Acquiring underutilized real estate, like the Leschiaw building, mm-hmm. like that parking lot where Annie's Lofts is going, mm-hmm. um, and, and others in our in our downtown core that are going to be repurposed or knocked down where they can be, and and going vertical. Yeah. Uh, in a downtown market like this, um, where you have to where you have to add density, um, and density is very key here. Uh, the only way to add density in in an infill site is by increasing the height of a building. So we uh, are we're, we're go- growing up in a lot of ways yeah. and uh, uh physically gonna uh, yeah. get a lot <laughs> taller here our skyline's gonna be a little that's, different
0: yeah that's i mean is and I, and I don't know i'm not any you know real estate construction guru at all but is that a possibility to build on top of you know existing stuff usually or is it that usually not a thing that happens um
1: more often than not you you typically have to knock down older buildings simply because the infrastructure the support for them Mm -hmm. is not enough to support the weight of additional Mm -hmm. floors above them something like um Mm -hmm. you can reinforce them in some cases but more often than not it makes sense to start from from scratch um the other part of it too is is ceiling heights are another thing that have changed since a lot of these buildings were built um, a, a long time ago. You could get by with eight to ten feet in, in ceiling heights, which uh, feels very low and claustrophobic to the to the modern user. People now want ten to twelve, even fourteen uh, foot ceiling heights in some applications. So. Um, if a developer were to consider a project that's one of the things they would have to take into consideration as well as spacing of the units how large the units are going to be a lot of times it just makes more sense to to, to bulldoze it and start from scratch yeah. um not to mention things like fire code has changed quite a bit uh where, where sprinklers are required and and new more yeah. efficient uh, uh plumbing and hvc systems mm-hmm. it uh, to meet current uh, codes for for building it gets almost more expensive to redevelop or or ma- maintain any portion of an existing property than to build from scratch
0: yeah. no that makes 100 percent sense um we, we i know we're talking about demolition and I, I think you've you've talked about it touch base a little bit but what about the building um, right up front
1: of of bayview
0: right there the yeah, so that's big, uh, called
1: the Views on 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know is, how
0: long that's been empty? I've never mm-hmm. seen it occupied in my...
1: Well, I moved here three years ago. It's, oh, yeah. For it's right. look, well, no, but yeah. it's looked exactly like it has since okay. I've been here. And from what I understand, uh, it was vacated in the early 2000s, so probably just over 10 years or so. Okay. I think it sat yeah. vacant. That makes sense. Um, right
0: around one recession, everything went really south. Right yeah. There. Um, no, it's funny. I'll give a little blooper to anyone listening. Um, that, that building that we're talking about, it's right in front of the park, and and uh, state lake right there um, but <laughs> we use this <laughs> we made the building look good and you if you look really close you can see the broken windows but it's in one of our video <laughs> I'm not gonna say the video some might know what video I'm talking about but it was it was a video um, it was a for an event that was happening in Thurston County so that's something that we do you know we go around if, if our camera guys not shooting a client particularly he's going up you know from south of Water, all the way up to Lacey because that's generally where our clients base work from and he's just capturing b-roll footage so one of our editors who's you know he's really not from this area so the b-roll to him is not as familiar uh, you know to me even I recognize things a lot quicker because I've lived here rather than him and he put the vi- this video together and it's a big you know shot of the building and it looks fantastic the shunts sh- and so to me, and then someone recognized the building, they're like, why would you put that building in there? And it's like, well, you didn't, you know, you're the first person to notice out of a 100. So and that's just a little blooper. So let's listen to, to see what's hap- what we think's happening there.
1: Well, no, it's funny you mentioned that. So uh, kind of tongue in cheek, uh, the, the the term I've heard used for it is the mistake by the lake. That's yeah, what a lot yep, of people yep, like yep, to call yep. it. Um, I don't think it's going to be a mistake for much longer. Uh, okay. uh, Ken Brogan, I've mentioned mm-hmm. his name a couple of times. Uh, he and his his team are uh, the developers or redevelopers developers behind that project. And um, if you haven't seen the plans they are available online, I highly recommend you check them out. It is going to be a fantastic project. I I, I know they've got more than 100 units. I want to say it's like 140 apartment uh, units, uh, along with some ground floor retail. Uh, again, uh, restaurant space. I believe they have plans for some live work space. Um, the tower itself is being uh, redeveloped or, or uh, internally redeveloped so they're uh, putting a new skin on it uh, but they're actually not increasing the size of it or anything okay. else it's all internal so they're reinforcing it uh, restructuring and redeveloping and turning it in were not they
0: having troubles with that because some people want to build it into a park or
1: yeah some troubles that's that's quite the understatement yeah, uh, yeah that property has been intended to be redeveloped uh, for for a number of years far beyond I've been uh, the time that I've okay. been here um, they have gone through a number of lawsuits and uh, uh fights to um to find ways to knock it down and and there are some merits to that argument um, but obviously I'm a big proponent of, of private property rights if it's a private property that's owned by by someone um, that then the only solution if you want to convert that into a different type of product is to acquire the funds um, and, and purchase it from yeah. that person um, so in this case um the developer is meeting all of the requirements for zoning and and other regulations. Um, and have finally received uh, the blessing from from the city and the other powers that be to, to proceed with their project. <laughs> now one of the things that I think really bears fleshing out here is um, the, the economic impact that a project like this is going to have. Uh, last I heard I think the the overall construction cost on this is gonna be something in the order of around $40 million. Uh, That's a lot of workers uh, coming in and buying lunches, going to bars after work, spending money in our downtown core, just during the construction. Now, once it's done, you have upwards of 100. I wanna say it's almost 140 uh, apartments, maybe more, maybe less. I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but quite a few uh, new market rate apartments that are gonna be added in here. Um, These are, again, people who will be living, working, shopping, and playing in our downtown spending money and that's the that's the overarching message that that i want to leave you with matt and 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 your listeners um it's important to understand that it's not just building bright shiny new houses it's about building places for people to live and 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 where people can can feel comfortable and safe and 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 enjoy Mm -hmm. downtown like like we all want to so um in addition to that, some really creative stuff I think that that I've heard about that project is uh, they have something like an automated parking system. So they knocked down the two lower the lower buildings. Yep. Uh, those are actually going to be rebuilt. I think it'll be two stories high, uh, possibly three. I think two, um, and uh, with some internal uh, automated parking garage system. Uh, yep. Now I don't know it's how f- firm they are on <laughs> mm-hmm. that, but uh, it's kind of a cool, kind of a cool yeah, idea. And, and I'm
0: pretty sure you know, and I, and I think I heard this from you yourself. And I, it's probably somewhere else to do, but. Those are, you know, normal in, in in bigger cities, especially like Japan and or or, or Tokyo per se, not a country, but you know where the population is just so crazy that you know it just it just makes sense to have it. And so I mentioned I've never seen anything like that before in my you know my life. And so it'll be interesting to see if those have become you know more of a, more of a thing as you know our population isn't slowing down anytime soon. It's just is getting bigger and bigger and. Yeah.
1: Well, it has a lot to do with availability of land Mm -hmm. Um, in a downtown core like this. There's not a lot of open space out there. So to achieve the parking density that you need for a project like that, you have to be innovative and creative with ways to to produce that product and and give people adequate parking. And and that's a, a, a great innovative solution and, and uh, a welcome welcome addition to our community in my opinion
0: yeah definitely um real quick so we'll get off the topic thank you guys for uh listening about you know what what we think or what cameron really thinks and knows was what's going to happen down here in olympia um i know i'm excited for the future you know we just birthed our company not that long ago and we really do expect I'm um, to stay in the Olympia area. Um, you know, we're not 100 percent sure if this location is going to be ours forever, but that's the plan for now. Um, but now, I just wanted to ask, off the s- subject of work. Well, maybe it can be work related. So um, I'm not familiar. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk at all. Yeah, uh, sure. Okay, you are awesome, awesome. So he knows. Uh, it's quite impressive how many people do not know him, and, and I, I, you know, I recommend him to anyone. Um, but one of the things, I don't know if you listen to his podcast. Uh, but or what they're called our pod session. So he he does a similar thing where um, it's him interviewing about five different people and they're usually you know some type of, of fame or success in, in whatever their division or their field is. but something he always asks them is what is one thing like right now that you're super hooked on that's like not uh, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll ask you two separate. So the first one, what's something like? Like a pillow or is there a toothbrush or is there some app on your phone is there anything right now that you're super hooked on or super interested in um, it could be something that you just found out that was cool or you know a game that you play really anything that's
1: you know has your attention sure um, well uh, two things and, and I'll try to be brief, but they're, but they're, fine. they're kind of big things. So uh, I'm actually a big, uh, a big fan of, of cryptocurrency. Okay. I, uh, I'm really excited about uh, what's uh, what's coming in that in that arena. Uh, I've been involved for a couple of years now, and um, I think it has the potential to really disrupt a lot of industries in a lot of facets. Um, you know, everybody's heard of Bitcoin and, and Ethereum, but um, there's a lot of uh, smaller altcoins they call them that are uh, they're on the horizon, and uh, some of the DApps uh, that are being produced to run on the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah chain are, are really exciting I think we're just really in the forefront of, of some really disruptive industries and yeah. you, know, if, you know a lot of people you know, like to talk about bubbles and, and and things like that but you know if you overlook if you overlay uh, the growth in value of some of the big cryptocurrencies with uh, stock prices of major companies like Facebook Apple Microsoft in their infancy and their quick rise in value they almost match up significantly and these are industry disrupting uh, technologies or ideas is. And uh, I think that they're not all going to pan out. There's going to be quite a few losers, yeah. um, but there's going to be a few winners. And- well, that's
0: exactly you know, just like how there's you know, there it, we say Microsoft and Apple and and all these bigger companies. Like it happened all the time, but you know, the same thing. You know, there's there's only you know, ten of the biggest companies. You know, it's yeah. The same thing.
1: But I think the blockchain technology itself mm-hmm. is, is really exciting, and increasingly we're finding more and more ways to incorporate that into our lives. A great example, and you know this hasn't come home to roost in, in the States yet, but uh, overseas in Europe, somewhere, maybe Switzerland or Sweden, one of the S's. Uh, yeah. um, and this actually ties back into real estate, which is kind of interesting. So uh, for those who don't know, blockchain is uh, kind of a, a distributed ledger technology where it's a, an immutable record of transactions, uh, just like a, a bank ledger or something where you keep record of of something right Um, Mm -hmm. and the information is uh, recorded and distributed all around the world so it's never able to be destroyed in a fire or something like that Um, now one of these countries and i'm sorry i don't remember which one (laughs) um, has actually started to put their title records uh, real property title records on the blockchain and this is a really innovative way of using blockchain technology uh in a crossover with real estate so just a quick background on the title and escrow process. If you've ever bought a house or, or a property of any sort, uh, you typically use a, an escrow company or a title company. Now, title is basically the record of ownership of that property that shows that the seller has the right to sell and you have the right to buy that property and that no one else has a claim to ownership of that property. So historically, these companies have provided a service that says, we guarantee that the seller has free and clear ownership of the property and the right to sell that property to you and if anybody comes out comes up you know a year or 10 from now um we'll guarantee the fact that 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 you have the right to buy that property and um so where blockchain factors in is, is again, taking over that custodial uh, need, the, the ownership of that information, that record, the chain of ownership of that property can be put on the blockchain, and it eliminates the need for a title company altogether or that insurance that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of a little side note, interesting how it has the opportunity to cross over in so many different industries, yeah. and, and mine's not immune. Uh, there's there's ways it'll continue to be uh, uh, more and more uh integrated with with our daily and, lives.
0: And, and, and you know we're probably like you said on that forefront and so I know in my life I know something's gonna change with the way we do business the way money's exchanged the way just you know just I, I'm no expert so I don't want to say anything because I don't want to sound dumb on the air um, but isn't uh, you know really not not my extra speed, but I know it's something that you know just like the Internet I wasn't one of the first people on the internet, and I, you know, I'll admit it that I, it took me some time, but definitely, and it might have helped because I was younger. And when you you get uh, attached to things when you're younger, it's easier to use when you're older. But I'm really excited to learn, you know, more and more because that's no one really knows. You know, they do, but you don't. There's no, you know, there's no formal i guess education on it or no one's teaching classes A facebook you can't even advertise on it because so many people were scamming and you know because it it's so new and so I, that's something i'm really excited to see in the future um and i know you said so bitcoin was one of the two things What's that? yeah
1: sure okay so um i love looking at trends and shifts in cultural values and mm-hmm. and what that what that Portends for the long run. So um, one of the other big things uh, that I see is a, a shift away from private vehicle ownership, uh, from the model of owning a vehicle mm-hmm. altogether. Um, your car right now is sitting out yep. unused. My car sitting around. Yep. I'm, I'm paying parking right now, right? Yep. Um, not to mention the the payment on it, the gas I used to get here, the insurance, the maintenance costs, everything else. When you when you add it all up, it's not unusual to spend a thousand dollars a month or more on the ownership cost of a vehicle. Now everybody's talked about Uber and Lyft you know, to death, and and they serve a a strong segment of the population who's looking to get away from private vehicle ownership but there's a gap um, between vehicle between rides on demand and people who need vehicles to go run errands things like uh, go to costco or if you wanted to go up to the mountains or take a trip up to the zoo or someplace that you wouldn't really use uber for um, there's a, a uh, and again, private sector uh, responses to, to, to problems. Um, BMW is a great example. Uh- by mid 2020s, BMW wants to phase out private vehicle sales altogether. They are shifting away from being a vehicle sales company to a vehicle um, service company. Essentially, uh, they are deploying, and this is active right now in Seattle. I've got the app on my phone. Um, It's called Reach Now. You can download this app, and essentially, if you're in one of the markets where they've rolled out their program, they have a fleet of BMWs that's available, distributed throughout the city. You can pull it up on your phone, look for the nearest one and you walk up to it, it it sends you a code you get right in the car you start it up wow. and it charges you i think 85 cents a mile something like that you drive it as far as long as short as you want and you'll leave it wherever you wow,
0: want wow that's incredible yeah. I mean, that is a nifty idea i mean it makes sense it makes 100 percent sense it's
1: it's again it's a it's a completely revolutionary approach to 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 vehicle the needs of vehicles without necessarily wanting to own them now 85 cents a mile that's a lot however uh, compared to a thousand bucks a month if you know if you're only putting a few hundred miles a month on your car you're saving a fortune and you're driving a BMW (laughs) so um, you know there's there's I I love when companies come up with creative innovative solutions to problems that we didn't even know we had yet and um, I I think that's just indicative of, of more to come I think you know i'm i'm somewhat of the older generation kind of in the middle now i'm still beholden to the to vehicle ownership i don't yeah. think i'm ever going to shake that yeah, off yeah
0: exactly but having that option you know because I, I was just really thinking the same thing of i don't think i could ever shake it off just like how my you know my grandparents can't shake the radio or something sure, like something yeah. along those lines but it it was really cool you know I'm thinking of now of just, yeah, I'll have my car, but if I want to, you know, and this is just a joke, but, you know, I get a hot date, I'm going to go, you know, pick up one of these BMWs. That's exactly where, right. You yeah. know, and just keep my Honda for when I have to, you know, travel <laughs> up and five, you know, I fight for work. So, no, that's really it. I think that will be really interesting to see. Uh, myself particularly, um, something new that I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of geeking about it and telling everyone about it, but I haven't really got to play with it a lot. Um, just a little bit is our new camera and I don't know if you're sitting at our table I think I mentioned it last week but basically we got this new camera it's called a GoPro Fusion and so it's of the GoPro brand so it does you know it's meant to be durable and and, you know just whatever a GoPro does but this camera um, I'm trying to see they they probably have it on shoot with them Uh, it's not anywhere in here but it's you know no bigger than that GoPro on my desk right now maybe a little bit bigger it's probably half the size of my phone and so what this does is you know your typical gopro camera you have your front camera this camera also has the same exact thing on the back so it's a two-sided camera (laughs) and it's meant to and it's really cool i would recommend uh, pulling up a video when you get a chance of it but this camera is you know you turn it on it's kind of like those 360 video google tours um, in the sense of when that when that matterport camera takes a picture it's taking a 360 Ah. but this this camera records in in 5.2k 360. So you're recording and it's catching everything that you would catch. And so normally, you know, you're aiming your focus as a a camera person is what's going to be in the screen. You know, I don't care about what what's going to be in the screen. And so this, you know, kind of takes that away and you capture everything. So, yes, you know, and there's cool ones of people like putting it in the middle of a skate park. And so basically. The idea how it works is it's recording that all, and so when you throw it on the editing system, it starts you in one frame, and you can hit play, and it'll play through that. But if you're interested on what's going up or behind you, left or right, you just drag the screen, mm. and it's still playing. And so it never stops playing. It's really cool, and it's really kind of a, you know, an interesting concept. So we're just messing around with it because we think, um, you know, we we do do home tour videos for usually nicer homes to, to you know just have that that showcase, and so I think this will allow people to you know, it'll allow us to do it faster because we'll be able to just walk in and out and we'll get the entire house without having, make it look so cinematic in a sense. And so I'm really excited to use that in the real estate market um, when, you know, cause the Matterports, they do take a lot of time. And honestly, I don't know a lot of people that like using those because they're so free, you know, they, they glitch so much or you'll drag and then it, the pixelation will load. And so if you give someone, you know, that takes sometimes to navigate five, 10 minutes but if you have a one minute video where you can just see the entire house so quickly, I think that's going to be really, you know, and it doesn't take us a lot of time. So it's not going to be super expensive for, for brokers in the area, but that's what I'm really excited with. So this weekend I'm going to, you know, I'm praying for son, but I have a German shepherd at home. Her name is Reba uh, and she loves playing catch that, you know. <laughs> I'll, any, she can play for hours and not, and it's incredible. She'll be breathing as hard. I think she's gonna die, but she'll she. I haven't ever had like got her too tired. Like I'll sh- chuck that ball for thirty minutes and I'll use two. <laughs> so as soon as she comes back, I'll throw another one. And man, I don't know. If she's. I, I don't know if all dogs are like that, but she. Is, yeah, I remember my grandfather's dog. Like after a while, would just lay down and not play because it was so tired. She will not stop. And so what I want to do, and it's really cool. She always. Wa- like when she's stopping to get the ball, because she always like overruns it, her tail wags in a like, not like a, it's a, in a circle, basically. And it's only when I've only seen her do it when she plays sketch. So I'm going to go set it out in the yard and throw it and get the whole thing and try to create like a little, you know, a little cute video for, yeah. for myself. But I don't know. I want It's really what I'm geeking out. I, I keep telling everyone about it. I actually told um, one of my buddies, um, I had a group of friends that <laughs> went to Las Vegas um, for a music festival actually this last weekend and he was asking because they don't let you bring like cannons or nikons like professional recording devices but they let you bring gopros and so he said what should gopro should i get i don't have one and i was just joking i was like you should get the gopro fusion it's like a thousand dollars altogether you know most gopros two three hundred bucks and i was just joking with him because he knew that I knew cameras and he just went out and bought it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess you can just throw If you have that kind of money, you know? And so he got one and then it's just been really cool. So I'm geeking about that GoPro fusion. Hopefully you guys will see it in some of our videos coming up. I know Brandon and Carlos have been practicing. It's just a, it's a weird aspect because you know, their whole entire life, the, 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 you know, 15 ish years, both of them have together doing movie making. You're always looking through the lens and not thinking about whatever happens. So I'm, you know, we have a couple landscaping clients, and so some of their projects are huge. And yeah, we'll do a GoPro time lapse, but you don't capture anything. So that's why I'm really interested to see how we're able to, you know, get bigger pictures and get, you know, events. That's a big thing that I want to see how, you know, we can showcase events in a better way. That's a 360 format, and 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 moving and it's really exciting just moving into the world of VR. A little bit. I don't know how you know familiar you're with VR, but I, I you know, I'm the, only, the closest I've been is I've went down to Fourth Dimension and played with yeah. their games right down there. It's pretty fun, it pretty um, cool. you know. But moving more, you know, the the better and better, you know, s- technology and software it gets. I, I'm excited for the world where you know you put your contacts in and they're VRs, or you put on glasses. I know Google Glass kind of dropped off completely; it didn't do so well. But the idea and the concept behind it of people living in a virtual reality you know it's it's weird and not even a virtual reality you know i i see a place where people put on these headsets and they're laying in bed but you know if if i'm cameron i'm you know still working and interacting and so i'm seeing i don't know there's tons you know it's it's one it's a health risk you have people sitting and laying and doing nothing basically all day but two it's also you know people aren't gonna getting car crashes or get you know yeah. die in things that so I, I'm excited for the next you know 15 30 years it's really going to be a lot different than what my parents and grandparents grew up you know with their changes they had you know I, I think the internet might have been pretty big you know if I grew up <laughs> yeah. without the internet and all of a sudden that was a really you know kind of a mind you know cluster there but I'm excited to see what that big because, you know, it probably was the Internet was, you know, cell phones, Internet communication was communication. Really, I think was a big turning point in their in my parents lifetime. And so I, I, I'm really excited to see what, you know, because we are really if you think, you know, that's communication and then and, and travel. And I don't know, it's really ah, everything's just really exciting. And it just sucks because. <coughs> At, you know kind of an investor mind state you don't know where to, and I'm not talking about investing but investing my time and learning things And you know audio is really big and people you know Gary Vaynerchuk he's the number one audio advocate that's saying right now if you're not on it you're gonna get behind and to me you know I don't know if I need to go learn about audio learn about Bitcoin learn about you know you only have so much time in the day so there's tons of changes in the world right now and it's just it's a really cool time to be alive
1: well the VR, I think um it, you know, it really is interesting, and I think it's about finding a new way to share experiences, right? That's the thing mm-hmm. that's appealing about Facebook to a lot of people yeah. is seeing the photos um, and, and what people are up to. But imagine you can fully immerse yourself in a friend or family member when they go on vacation. Yeah. Or va- yeah. vacation or something. Being able to to see it and turn around and, and watch it in real time in a fully three D immersive experience. I mean, what a way to connect people in a way yeah. that they've never been able to connect before. And I think, in a lot of respects, something like that going to bridge the gap between old and young, and and really allow people to be. Well,
0: I don't know if you've seen, you know, the the new Alexa that Amazon's putting out. Their commercial that's running on TV is of th- this grandmother that gets a gift, and it's an Alexa, and basically she puts it on the thing, and there's a note on it that says "Call Home," and then she just says "Call Home," and it pops up the family, and it's just a picture, and she, you know, all happy. But like you just said, that the ability to you know instead of saying that you just put on your goggles say you know call home and you're 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 at home it, to me that's just it's time it's not time travel it's just it's have you have you ever seen the movie jumper yeah sure it, it, to me it kind of reminds me of that how he just you know thinks and he's there right. you know if we can get to that point where you know I want to go to paris and I'm there and you know and it's not just like a, a empty street where you're actually having other people maybe real life or or VR you know in a sense you know it's it kind of reminds me of like what uh, you know self-driving cars using how they're you know metal detector but they're also using sensors and stuff on um, how you know that would be easily you know everyone walks around with a cell phone mm-hmm. and so if they develop some type of, of app or, or some type of you know transmission where you know real life and VR is a mix I'm I'm, I'm honestly a little bit scared because I don't know. There's, there's there's just so much that can happen. So I'm really excited. I'm sorry we went off on a little tangent there, but that's I'm, I'm gonna start doing that a little bit more. That's one of my favorite parts of Gary's uh, podcast that he does. So and and I think it's cool because I didn't, I had no idea that you're interested in Bitcoin and, and all you know the new it's just there's so much and I think we can learn a lot from each other. So yeah, no, well uh,
1: it's been a. a great conversation i love yeah. i love talking about stuff like this yeah. it's a, uh it's a passion of mine just seeing new stuff that's on the horizon how it's mm-hmm. going to fit into our lives and and make our lives better and and where you know the pitfalls yeah. we need to avoid yeah. so.
0: so before we log off here is there any uh, shout outs to family any uh, co-workers anything that you want to give a quick shout out to
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, you know, like I said, uh, our company, The Rance Group, we're yeah. building a, a condo project. Check out uh, PercivalCondos.com. Uh, big shout out to my uh, beautiful wife, Jessie. Uh, love you and our uh, three dogs at home. Um, and uh, again, thanks a lot, Matt, for yeah, the opportunity. No, thank you. I appreciate
0: it. Um, this is Matt, Media Marketing Solutions. You can find us on Facebook at MMS Media underscore LLC. Um, my number, 360-339-3948. Um, email info at mmsmedia.net. You can reach me at any of those, even on Facebook, send me a message. Um, If you want to come on the podcast, interested in video marketing, or if you just want to stop in and say hi, um, we are located downtown on State Avenue, right across from the transit, up one block, same building as Mix 96. So until next time, guys, hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you guys have any recommendations who I should reach out to, if you want to listen to anyone, um, just let me know and I'll catch you guys next time. Bye thank you so much for listening to this episode of me go i hope you really enjoyed it if you'd like to contact cameron and have a discussion or address anything that he talked about in the podcast feel free to email him at his email cameron at rance, rance Group with a dash and that will be uh the best way to contact him hope you guys have a great week and i'll see you next week